Heavenly Father, you always amaze me. Let your kingdom come in my world and in my life. Give me the food I need to live through the day. And forgive me as I forgive. The people that wrong me. Good morning, Clarny Park MB Church. The Lord is here. Indeed, He is. It is so good to be together. My name is Dave. I'm the pastor of our faith community. Today is July 5th, 2020. It's the sixth Sunday of Pentecost during the pandemic. Today's message is entitled, Nothing Can Separate Us from God, based on Romans 8, verses 38 to 39. This past week, we've recognized some pretty major markers as part of a global community. Wednesday was Canada Day, but many of us celebrated Canada's 153rd birthday at home. It was the first time our church has not hosted a community celebration in decades, and the absence of such a celebration did not go unnoticed, the way silence can be deafening. In the news, Canadian diplomatic relations with China is at an all-time low, and it seemed that Canada is caught in a geopolitical spat with a superpower, and it's a little bit unnerving. Some of us have family that are back in mainland China. Some of us have family and friends in Hong Kong, and so we're mindful about what we say online and in public, lest others take the brunt of our passionate rants. And just as Canadians were celebrating their country's birth, the People's Republic of China imposed a sweeping new security law in Hong Kong. According to analysts, the measures meant to combat terrorist separatism and rebellion acts could effectively criminalize virtually all voices of dissent in Hong Kong and perhaps even among those living elsewhere in the world. Any person taking part in secessionist activities such as shouting slogans or holding up banners and flags calling for the region's independence is in violation of the law, regardless of whether violence is used. International businesses are beginning to pull out from what they now perceive as a surveillance state. Hong Kong is in trouble. Again, this may be overseas news in a world that seems so far away, but it affects many of us here who have friends and family relations just to hop, skip, and jump across the pond, so to speak. Our global village has become so much smaller these days. Friends, we live in a strong and free country, yet Canada is not devoid of racism. We are all still in a complicated mess around race relations, not the least with our First Nations friends who have borne the brunt of systemic racism, but with all peoples of color. This dialogue and perhaps public debate will rage for as long as civilization exists. There will always be people in power, threatened by those who want that power or those who want to flatten the playing field. And so just when we thought the news headlines were bleak, describing the world around us, we're caught in another strange reality of a global pandemic. We're restricted at home and at work and even at play, but it feels so disconnected from our reality until we're reminded by 
going outside and are confronted by N95 masks and nitrite gloves, physical distance waves and nods from friendly folk, to glares and judgmental racist slurs from people gripped by fear. All due to the pandemic. This is one small glimpse into the world our media has shaped for us. Yet the Bible prescribes and describes even a greater reality. Today's scripture is a hearkening back to a reality that is easily forgotten when the world around us feels like it is taken hostage by panic and struggle and conflict. Romans 8.38-39 is a life verse for me. It has served me since I was a young teen. It has served many countless fellow believers over the millennia. And so for people like myself, and perhaps you find yourself living in a world that feels like it is closing in around you, Romans 8, 38-39 is a really encouraging passage. It means that no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, even if they are self-inflicted or poorly thought out, or especially when the world around us seems like it is in chaos, like what we find ourselves in right now, Romans 8, 38-39 gives us comfort. The Apostle Paul was comforted by these truths, and it gave the church in Rome comfort as well. The whole point of this passage is our security. But the security is not the world's security. God wants his people to experience deep, unshakable confidence that they are secure in his love. And the reason Paul must stress this is because in real life, we appear and often feel so insecure. Friends, if you haven't yet opened your Bibles to today's passage, I invite you to do so now. You can follow along with me in the NIV version of Romans 8, 38-39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. These promises are God's declaration that he will save his people and nothing can ultimately destroy them. We have these promises if we have Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and our treasure. Paul describes ten things that cannot keep us away from God in the best sense. It's a way of saying to us that we are loved and we are not alone. Friends, let's briefly look at these ten things. Let's begin in verse 38. Neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God. Death is the first in the list. Now, we might wonder why. Two reasons, at least. Number one, because Paul has just said in verse 36, we are being put to death all day long, and because death separates us from so much of what we know on earth. Death is the most urgent threat, especially in this age of geopolitical strife and global pandemic response. Paul says, death cannot separate us from God's love. He's talking to his friends who are being persecuted. Some of them are being killed for their faith. And he wants to remind us that, in fact, for the believer, death does just the opposite. It does not separate us from God's love. It actually increases the nearness and fellowship with Christ. 
Paul's writing in Philippians 1, verse 23 says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. And his writing in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says, Death means to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. So for the believer, death is not separation from God. It is actually a homecoming. But, friends, death is a separation from family and friends and the body and all of earth's pleasures and experiences. And that is why it might not look like the love of God. But Paul says it is the love of God. It's not as though we are loved by God up to death and then loved again by God after death with a big separation from the love of God in death. Not at all. Death and the experience of death is not a separation from the love of God. God loves us before death. He loves us in the act of dying. And he loves us even after death. Let's not forget, he loves us in the life that is after life after death. And all our losses here are part of being loved by God, hard as it feels. Paul wants us to know and experience the fact that death and all it takes from us is not a lapse in the love of God. When Jesus Christ died, he secured his own people in death and in life. Nothing in life and nothing in death will undo the victory that he achieved in the cross and his resurrection, his rising from the dead. So Paul says in Romans 14, 9, For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. His lordship over life and death is invincible. So life and death cannot separate us from the love of God. Thanks be to God. Paul, Paul goes on, No cosmic supernatural powers can separate us from the love of God. In verse 38, Paul mentions angels and principalities. And then a few words later, he mentions powers. Neither angels nor principalities nor powers will separate us from the love of God. These three things are probably designations of angelic or demonic beings, since angels are mentioned first in the group. So Paul's point is this. There are no cosmic, no supernatural powers that can separate us from the love of God. These powers were decisively defeated at the cross. Colossians 2.15 says, God disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Friends, when Christ rose from the dead, Ephesians 1.21 says, He was exalted far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. So even though these spiritual beings are on the loose, they cannot do any ultimate harm to God's chosen ones. That's you and I, my friends. It must be sorrowful and painful for Satan to hear God say, you and your mighty hordes are helpless to take my loved ones. Thanks be to God. Paul continues, nothing in time and space can separate us from the love of God. The first time, Nor things present, nor things to come will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's time. And then Paul uses space, nor height, nor depth. 
will be able to separate us from the love of God. Paul is covering every possible base and angle. He is saying it over and over again. Time and space cannot separate us from the love of God. And he goes on further. Nothing in the present nor future can separate us from the love of God. Paul tackles our fears of future uncertainty, and this one hits home for me, especially at this time in our lives. That though the present might be tolerable for now, the future is going to be unbearably uncertain. And we wonder if we will be able to stand it. Or we might fear that the present is so bad that we will not make it to any future at all. Paul's response is this. It will never be so bad now or any time in the future that you will be separated from the love of God. Circumstances will never surprise God so that he must go back on this promise. The future is absolutely his, and he knows it, and he runs it. If he says it won't separate us, it won't. Paul isn't done yet, friends. He continues, Nothing high nor low can separate us from the love of God. You know, in the same way a child fears something lurking under her bed at night, or is waiting in the dark shadows of the attic, Paul tackles our fear of the unknown. And yet covers our fear that there might be a lurking in some space or place, near or far, or some menacing power that would surprise us and destroy our faith and separate us from the love of God. And Paul says, no, friends, no matter how high you go or how deep you go down, you will never find a power that can nullify God's keeping power. The psalmist understood this in Psalm 139, verse seven, verses 7 to 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the underworld below, behold, you are there. Nothing in highest heaven and nothing in deepest hell can separate us from the love of Christ. Finally, friends, Paul concludes with the statement, which is pretty amazing. No created thing can separate us from the love of God. Paul adds one all-inclusive encouragement to make sure he hasn't missed anything. Nothing, no created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That covers everything that is not God. No thing and no person in all the universe can separate us from the love of God. And that, my friends, includes ourselves. Those whom he justified, he glorified. That is the radical assurance of God's chosen ones. The assurance is not that you can forsake the faith and live in sin and go to heaven. The assurance is this, that God keeps his elect from final apostasy and unbelief. He protects them from unbelief. And the new covenant promise for all of God's people is this, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts, and they may not turn from me. That's found in Jeremiah thirty-two forty. There may be many stumblings and wanderings, but if you are God's chosen, you will be brought back. If you choose to trust in him, nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate God's chosen ones from him. The result is, in Paul's experience, massive 
security for merciful service through many sufferings. Remember, Paul is writing to a church in Rome, his people who were undergoing persecution. This was an encouragement to remind them of the reality that they are, that we live as Christ followers, and that the circumstances around us might be very real, filled with real pain and real loss and real death, but God reminds us through Paul that there is not also another very real truth in a much bigger reality than what we can see, hear, or feel, that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, when I need reminding of these truths, especially as we prepare for a departure to Calgary, I reread scripture like this morning's passage. I also actively pray. I bathe in prayer. I'm at the garden as I'm weeding, praying, talking to God. I just want to glean from his word encouragement for my soul. I also listen to music that is helpful. And so I want to share with you a very meaningful song by an artist named John Foreman. You've heard him before. And he put music to the Lord's Prayer, and he adapted some of his own words into the song. It is something that has served to remind me of the much bigger reality that is around us and in us, in contrast to what we're presented with through media in all of its forms these days. Friends, may we be encouraged by the reading of his word in these days. Thanks be to God. Father, you always amaze me. Let your kingdom come in my world and in my life. Give me the food I need to live through the day. And forgive me as I forgive the people that wrong me. Keep me far from temptation Deliver me from the evil one I look out the window The birds are composing Not a note is out of tune Or out of place Stare at the flowers that are just than any girl on her wedding day. So, why should I worry? Why do I freak out? God knows what I need. You know what I need. Strong!
Told me that you are strong.